Why Why did you choose to do it in front of a mirror? Oh, it's just because it was in my mum's dressing room. <laughs> it was just yeah, doing it at the time was really weird. UK podcast, Water Matters. In this episode, you've got me, Matthew Rolfe, and uh, I'm joined by Callum, our marketing coordinator. And uh, Callum and I are both temporarily working from home, not the same home. That's a vicious rumour. We are, as most of our colleagues are, and as most of the country are at this point, uh, on the 9th of April, 2020, we are working from home. We're not commuting. We're not traveling. We're not spending time leaving the house because, let's face it, we're not allowed. Uh, and one benefit of that uh, additional time, certainly that both of us have taken advantage of, is uh, that we have time to read more books. And so we want to talk to you about uh, our most recent books that we've read and uh, share with you uh, a few highlights that we think uh, are reasons why other people might choose to read these books. Uh, so we're going to have a quick conversation um, about two books and uh, hopefully you'll find this interesting and you might choose to uh, read the same books if you haven't already. And ultimately, this is all leading towards something that uh, I've been keen to do for a little while. I've, I've written about it in a few editions of our Water Matters newsletter that we send to our customers. And that is to perhaps one day this year during 2020, uh, start a book club. Now, as exciting as that sounds, there would be very, very uh, strict rules on what kind of books we would read. Uh, the only kind of books that I read really are either personal development books or autobiographies of people that I have uh, learned a lot from and would like to learn more about, most of whom have either started a business or created some sort of business for themselves, either like as a personal brand or, or something along those lines, or started a, a big company or what has gone on to grow to a big company. But there's that, yeah, I tend to only read things that uh, teach me certain things that I want to learn. And so it's very, very unlikely that we would be uh, choosing books that uh, are fiction or stories. So yeah, very specific book club that we might, uh, that we might start. And we would certainly when we when we do that, we will um, we will share uh, an invitation round to our podcast listeners and our customers in general because perhaps you want to join us. I've written about several books that I've read in our Water Matters newsletters, and uh, when I do uh, mention a few books that I've read, I've had several readers of our newsletter mention to me that they've also read the same book, or because I've mentioned it, that has encouraged them to read read the same book. There's so much valuable uh, content out there, so many lessons that we can learn from other people that uh, the, more, the more we do this as a group, the more we can get from it. So, Callum, tell me what is the most recent book you have uh, just read? Right. So the most recent book I've read, I finished it uh, this week, actually, is The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy which you, you can get on Amazon and read it whilst you're in quarantine. 
to this. So Darren Hardy is the um, founder of Success Magazine, and this is a book that talks about the actions you make on a day-to-day basis and the small actions you make in order to make greater gains towards your goals in life. Okay, and uh, why then, right back at the beginning, why did you choose that book in the first place? So I was recommended The Compound Effects uh, by two people. Um, I was One of them being Matt and the other one, um, I guess you could say as a consultant, uh, Damien Smith that we use from time to time. He also recommended the book. So yeah, I think it's a very good book about personal development. And in the early, like if you're obviously being young, like me, and wanting to uh, strive to something, this is a very good book to get you started because it gets you thinking about the little actions you take on a day-to-day basis and that you're consciously making or, yeah, making that you're not aware of to help you get to your Okay. And in terms of... um... Uh, if if someone asked you uh, what's the best thing about the book, what one thing would you tell them? So in it, he talked about habits. I think that's that's one chapter that um, resonated with me. Um, so that habit, um, so that chapter is all about the repeated actions that you're taking. Obviously, what a habit is. Um, so if you want to make something better in your life, uh, say you want to improve the relationship with your spouse and family. So instead of getting from home an hour after work, just watching the news, watching the TV for an hour while your kids are upstairs doing nothing, your spouse is on the sofa as well, just flicking through their phone. Instead of that, you decide, oh, for an hour, we'll go for a family walk once, twice a week, just to reconnect with your family. Those small actions, even though at the time you may think, oh, it's just inconsequential and spending more time with your family. But if you make it a habit and get it into a repeated action then over time your relationship with your family will improve so using so looking at ways that wanting to strive for something and repeating it over and over and being disciplined to will help to achieve your goals that's one thing that striked with me there were i think last year personal story about callum me and my friends started a football podcast and at the start, we both enjoyed it. We both enjoyed doing it. But towards the end, we struggled to basically meet up and record episodes and end up me recording it by myself. And I was getting bored because I'm just talking to myself in a mirror, trying to record waffle about football, which people have already seen. I'm just giving my opinion. So at the time, I got annoyed because while I was just doing it by myself and I, didn't really, I wasn't really motivating motivated myself in order to do it. Why Why did you choose to do it in front of a mirror? Oh, it's just because it was in my mum's dressing room. So the mirror was just, there. <laughs> just so it felt like you were having a conversation with someone. Yeah, doing it at the time. It was really weird. <laughs> just talking to yourself from the mirror. beyond strange. That's not the point. Um, yeah, so I was doing it on my own. And then because I thought that I wasn't really adding any value to it, I just was getting annoyed with myself. So, yeah, not doing it. And then I ended up just doing it. So... Yeah, by, that struck with me because even though I wanted to start doing something because I wasn't doing it repeatedly and consistently and disciplining myself to do it, that's why it kind of failed and fell off towards the end. Yeah, so you didn't benefit from the uh, compound effect of doing it over and over and over and over and one le- one episode leading on to the next episode leading on to the next, next episode. Yeah. Hopefully, like we will with this new venture of our podcast. 
I'm pretty sure the fan base for this podcast will be bigger than that one, so it won't be too much of a worry. <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. And there'll be absolutely zero football references, correct? Uh, no, there's going to be lots. If you're going to talk about rugby, I'll talk about football. There's <laughs> a lot of people talking about rugby. True. So, go back to the compound effect. Um, why should other people read it? I think if you're wanting, if there's aspects in your life that you're wanting to change, um, this could be a really good eye opener and aha moment. So, if your, you know, your goal is to lose weight and get in shape, if you're is you're starting something small as a venture to as like a side venture that you can then take off into into your new career or improve relationships uh, with family and friends, then this is the sort of book that gives you an aha moment as to how it can benefit you to change your actions and make you consciously aware of the small actions you're taking on a daily basis. So with reading, I was very much motivated to do it. So I was thinking to myself, you know, I'll, I'll read, you know, before I go to bed at night. And then I started just getting out of the routine a bit. So at the moment, what I've gotten into whilst more lockdown is reading a chapter every day consistently done it for about two weeks now so i'm hoping to keep up so finished the compound effect and then start a new book by basically making me aware of the unconscious decisions that i was making by changing them and changing basically make sure i repeat it and do it consistently will actually help me in the long run because even at the time i'm thinking or oh, maybe reading a chapter isn't that all that um but by reading i learn basically something new every day, pick on something new every day. And in the long run, when it comes to maybe taking things on, it'd be better in the future. Sounds good. And are there any specific actions that you, you know, other than reading a chapter of a book a day, is there anything else specific, big or small, that uh, you're going to change about your life as a result of reading the book? If you read The Water Matters, uh, you would know I'd be talked about trading and not doing it consistently. So that was the one thing I was trying to do every day, but not getting the results I wanted. This is your foreign exchange trading that you wrote about in March edition, was it? Yes, I think it was the last edition. So I haven't done it for a few weeks now, mainly because coronavirus has ruined quite a lot of markets. Even though there's opportunities out there for you to trade and get some good trades, it's just volatile and there's no point. In my personal opinion, there's less and less trades coming up. So I've stopped doing it and it's just to get back into the routine of doing it consistently and making sure I'm learning consistently because that's the one thing I'm not doing. Very good. A quick personal story about me, actually, in relation to that book as well. When I, uh, um, uh, maybe we'll use this podcast as a, we'll share, overshare in this more so than we do in any of other our, of our um things that we put out there but uh we need to rename it truth time with graph uk well well perhaps uh you'll realize why when i finish this story but uh yeah one thing that i did as a specific uh result of reading the compound effect is um one of the things that darren hardy the author mentions in it is that for a year he woke up every day and he and he uh wrote or i think probably did it at the end of each day he wrote down one thing that he uh loved or enjoyed about his partner or wife and he kept it secret and he wrote it down every day uh and then at the end of the year i think on a birthday or christmas time or something he uh put it all together in a book and he gave that to 
his uh, partner. Uh, and of course, it was a nice gift. So uh, several years ago now, uh, many, many years ago, actually, I stole that idea wholeheartedly and did exactly the same thing um, and gave it to my wife at the time um, uh, as a book, I think on, I can't remember whether, I think it was her birthday. And yeah, it was a book of 365 things that uh, I liked about her. And it was a great idea. Um, and now... <laughs> it worked well in the long run. <laughs> I mean, in the long run, perhaps not quite so successful. Um, what would we not be married to her now, but... Um, so Charlotte's going to be she hasn't got one just yet. I beg your pardon, no. Uh, so, um, uh, but at the time, it was a, <laughs> it was a very good idea. And it's a, uh, yeah, a good idea to steal from the book. There we go. Enough personal stories. Right. Tell me one final uh, thing about the compound effect before I tell you about my most recent book. Um, so let's finish off with, do you think, because this is a good way that I like to, to, to judge uh, how good a book is. Do you think that at some point in the future you will reread it? And if so, why? Yes, I think I will. Um, one, I think it is quite an easy read, you know, even if you're not a big, re- big and avid reader, um, it is quite easy to get through, uh, even if you're chunking it down into a chapter a day. And it's just a good, simple, I wouldn't say simple book, but it very thorough, even though there's not much to it. In terms of taking on the information, there's a lot of information packed in there to get you thinking about the choices and actions you make in life in order to kind of strive you towards your goals and where you'll you'll end up with your goals and there's some excellent examples of people he's worked with and quite cool scenarios about the choices you make um so the one that sticks out for me is would you take this 10 million dollars right now or would you take this penny which is doubled from uh, for 31 days so if you choose 10 million you get 10 million straight away but if you choose a penny, on the second day, it's 2p. Second day, it's 4p. Third day, it's 8p and so on. So it keeps doubling the value. And at the end of it, it equals like 170 odd million dollars. So the, or pounds in this case. So yeah, that's one of the things that resonates with me. So it's taking on um, the decisions, but remembering that, you know, you could quite easily go what you think is short-term goal for the immediate gratification of it. But then if you did go for the long run and are patient with achieving your goals, if you take step by step by step, the goal at the end would be a lot greater than what you thought it would be. 100%. Absolutely. The compound effect is a very, very powerful effect. Um, And yeah, having read the book, uh, as I said to you before, when I recommended it, I think it's great. I think you're absolutely right. It's a quick and easy one to read. I've actually been referring back to it uh, in the past week or so myself because uh, there's lots of just simple, good ideas in there. Okay, so uh, out of 10, let's do this on the end of our... I'm assuming this is a book club thing to do. I have no idea because at the moment I've never been part of a book club. But uh, the compound effect, uh, as scored by CVP, from 0 to 10, what are you going to give it? Give it an 8. 8. There we go. There it is first. This is an urgent appeal from the UK charity WaterAid. Every day, Jean walks miles to fetch this water. Water so dirty it could kill him, but he has no choice. Every day, 
Concilia gives her baby water that's teeming with parasites and bacteria. She knows it could kill him, but she has no choice. Today, 4,000 children will die from poor sanitation and dirty water. They drink it because they have no choice. But you do. Today, you can choose to bring clean, life-saving water to children like Jean by calling WaterAid on 0800 077 6900 and giving just £2 a month. Your £2 a month will help communities build wells and install pumps and taps. Your £2 a month will help bring children clean water for life. We've already brought clean water to over 15 million people, but it's simply not enough. So please, call 0800 077 6900 or text WATER to 70800. Please, for Jean's sake, call now. Because until we reach him, he'll have no choice but to keep drinking dirty water until the day he dies. Thank you. So my most recently finished book is Sam Walton, Made in America, which is an autobiography of Sam Walton, who was the uh, founder uh, of Walmart, um, a company that I knew absolutely nothing about and a bloke that I knew absolutely nothing about. I've been following uh, someone called Ty Lopez, for the last couple of months. Uh, Callum and I saw him speak live at an event sometime recently. I can't remember when that was. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been following a lot of his work and he has a book list. Um, and this particular book, Made in America, is one of his absolute must-reads. It's one of his kind of fundamental books that anyone he works with and coaches or teachers, they have to, he insists that they read this book, which is why I picked it up. And um and yeah, I can see his point entirely. It's it's an amazing book, which I will certainly recommend now to anyone that wants to, uh, yeah, that asks me for recommendations because uh, it was awesome. Uh, so feel free to ask me anything about it, Callum. What's the book about? <laughs> okay, so it is literally uh, an autobiography written by Sam Walton of his life. He He had been... Uh, it seems that people have been putting pressure on him to write a book about his life um, for a long time, but he didn't because uh, he was always too busy. And then he got uh, ill. Uh, he got cancer. I can't remember what type. Uh, but um, as he got progressively kind of more ill and was unable to travel and do the things that he enjoyed doing, he decided, um, yeah, it was the right time uh, and he was going to write a book about his life. And so he tells the story of a tiny bit about his childhood and kind of his upbringing so that you understand the the man a bit. Uh, you know, he was brought up in the Depression. So his kind of foundations were very poor and uh, really understood the value of a dollar um, or a dime, I think, as he referred to it. But he was extremely hardworking and throughout school, he found himself on the winning team of everything that he got involved with. So I think he talked about American football and stuff and not that he was a big bloke at all, but he won nearly everything. So um, he just became kind of used to winning and he, he talks as though that, was, that became his expectation, you know. So whatever he then went on to do, 
um, losing was never an option. Yeah, talks about in the book whether that actually had something to do with um, with his initial success uh, and how things kind of took off for him because he just never, ever expected to lose, never even dreamt about losing. Uh, losing just wasn't an option um, because he just expected to win. And he thinks that that probably had a lot to do with the, their quick success in the early days. Um, but yeah, he goes on to tell the story of how he went from um, buying his first um, variety store. I think they called it back then. It was a, a, a discount store that sold little bits of everything. He bought that with a bit of money that he borrowed off his father-in-law. And uh, so I think he borrowed $20,000 and he had $5,000 himself saved up. Um, and this was in 1945, I think. Um, so clearly a very different time. But he started that and it became quite successful. And uh, then his, I think he got his brother involved in the business. And they, the first official Walmart was opened in 1962. But over the next, uh, yeah, over the next 30 years, they went from like nine stores turning over $1.4 million, making $112,000 a year. 30 years later, that, that turned into a turnover of 26 billion with a B uh, with fi- over 1500 stores and annual profits of over 1 billion. So, it, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, the story is, yeah, there were many parts of it that uh, if I'd have just been told it by some stranger in the street or whatever, I'd have thought, well, no, that's not true. Can't be possible. But I've done further research on Walmart having finished the book. And uh, um, of course it is all true. There's so many, so many good things that uh, I've learned from him that uh, we can impl- implement in our business. But the the, the most um, outstanding thing is just the scale of which they grew. Uh, you know, some years they were opening opening more than a hundred stores per year. And when I think about you know busy times we'd have with we've had within our company i can't even comprehend how a business would open over 100 stores in a year consistently so it's incredible yeah really 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 good book so what's the biggest lesson that you think you learned from sam walton i think the absolute number one lesson is not to let your limiting beliefs stop you and certainly don't let what anyone else says uh, stop you. I, I really think that from reading this book, I believe that anything is possible. I think uh, I think a lot of people are, are, are stopped or, or kind of uh, slowed down by what uh, people say around them. And this guy never was. He just went with it. And if everyone did that, we could achieve so much more. Is there one thing, like one personality trait of Sam that you saw that you see in other um, books that you've read? So there's some entrepreneurs that you've listened to or you've read about and you see a very similar trait in that other person. Is there one like common entrepreneurial trait that you saw within the same, within Sam and other entrepreneurs you've read about? Yes, uh, I think that's a very Good question. And the first thing that springs to mind, and there's bound to be more than this, uh, but yes, definitely. And that is that um, he didn't take himself too seriously. 
even when they were really, really successful, um, he made a bet with one of his managers that if they, it was a, it was a, it was a bet around how much profit they would make during this particular quarter or particular time period. And the bet was if they achieved the profit, then he would, um, he would do a hula dance in a grass skirt down wall street. And uh, so they'd already gone public at this point. And so he was quite a famous guy and, uh, and they achieved it. So they, they, he lost the bet and so he had to put on a hula skirt a grass skirt you know and and dance the hula down um down wall street and of course his colleagues had arranged for um for the press to be there so that they filmed it all and it was on the news and all this sort of stuff and but he did it because you know he lost the bet and he didn't take himself too seriously and he was all about having fun and the people and and when you think about people like richard branson and um, you know his personality comes across in all of the the, the Virgin companies. That's definitely a, a trait that he has that I think he shares with with a lot of other uh, successful entrepreneurs. So to be serious about business, but don't take yourself too seriously. You talked about after reading it, the amount of things there are a few ideas that you want to implement within Graph UK. What was the biggest one or the first one that you can think of? that you want to implement as soon as we get back to normality? I think the first, the yeah, the main thing that, uh, one of the main things that stuck with me is he was very open with his store managers and, and his associates, as they were referred to, basically everyone that worked in each store. He was very open with them about the numbers. And, you know, what he suggested was that because they knew their numbers that then empowered them to make decisions and really take responsibility for their parts of the business. And I think that uh, that's definitely something we could do more. The second to that, he monitored, they measured everything. Uh, They had a, every single week, they had a Saturday morning meeting because he believed that uh, if you work in retail, then Saturday mornings, you don't get Saturdays off. So he had all of his managers, all of his uh, district managers, I think towards the end, get together on a Saturday morning and they would discuss all the numbers from that week. But he would, he would arrive at the office at three o'clock on that Saturday morning to go through all the numbers and all the figures uh, before that meeting. So he knew, you know, he knew everything. Uh, He was a real detailed guy. And um, so he measured every single sales of each different product, especially what they were promoting on the ends of the aisles or outside the store and all this sort of stuff. So he knew all the numbers, which meant that he could have very, very detailed conversations with each store manager and district manager, but they knew the numbers themselves. So that's something I think we could do more of to empower our colleagues to be able to, to do the same and make best decisions and, um, and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so if there is one reason why I should go and buy this book and read it or any of our listeners, what is the one reason you reckon someone should go out and go get this book and read it? I think mostly it's inspiration. Mostly you will feel having read it, you'll feel like anything is possible. Yeah. I think, you know, in the end it's, it's also just a really good story. So it's a nice read. You really feel like you get to know him. Uh, And then sadly at the end he dies, which is pretty, you know, horrible. Uh, but um, yeah, that's a true story, kids. There's never a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, you know, that's the harsh reality of it. Is uh, he 
yeah, he built up this enormous uh, company. I think I think the company in itself, at the time of his death, it was equal to the twenty third largest economy. Um, you know, it, it's just colossal. Um, and in the end, you know, he could do all that, and then cancer killed him at seventy four years old or something. So, yeah, unfortunately, it um, yeah it proves that. Um, we can't you can't win at everything but uh, still i guess 74 is a lot better than some people get to but no i i think you'll if you read it you would just have this underlying belief that uh, if you if you have an idea of what you want to achieve and you commit to it and then you um relentlessly go after it um and enjoy the journey as he did then uh, anything is possible so out of 10 what are you going to rate this book? I can't think of a lot wrong with it, um, but I don't want to give, I don't want to jump straight to a 10, so I'm going nine. Nine, wow. So you, is, do you reckon that book is better than The Compound Effect? Yes, I think it has, it's, it's, it's had more impact on me than The Compound Effect, yes. And I will definitely, I'm, I'm adding this to my read once a year book list because I do not want to forget this story. It's a real sad thing. I've heard or read, well, yeah, read and heard uh, certain things about Walmart since finishing the book. And um, sadly, it seems like the culture and philosophy within the company has changed quite a bit since other people have taken it on, which is a real shame because, uh, you know, now that I've learned about the kind of founding principles of the company, it, uh, yeah, it, it's, it seems a real shame if that's, if that's been lost but that's an important thing about owner managed businesses, you know, like uh, you have to, um, it's, uh, it's challenging for, uh, for people to remember why it started in the first place. If you weren't around at the start, but I do not want to forget about it. So I will be reading it at least once a year. And, uh, I highly recommend that other people do too. So what book is next up on your agenda? What will you be so, reading next? Uh, uh, well, uh, this links in with why I want to, um, or my book club idea. Um, I've been, I've had a book called Thirst for a little while now, and I haven't read it, and I've been meaning to read it. It's written by Scott Harrison, who is the founder and CEO of Charity Water, and this is his story and his story of how he started this charity, which is all about water. And I've been, uh, well, following their work for a, a while now, and we're a supporter of their work, so I give them a bit of money. Uh, every month and I've received an email from them the other week and it said that they are starting their own book club on the 20th of April and I thought right well I've never been part of a book club I want to start one so the best thing I can do is join one to learn what they're even about and how they operate so my next challenge within the next 10 days is to read this book called Thirst which is a bit of a challenge for me because it's 40 one chapter's long and it's over 310 pages and I'm not the quickest reader but um, as we said at the start of this we've got a bit more time so uh, hopefully I can get through quite a lot of it over the Easter weekend uh, but I'm going to read this book so that I can take part in the book club on the 20th of April get some inspiration and then we can start our own book club quite soon I'm not going to commit to a date yet but quite soon <laughs> and you what are you moving on to so I, in the past few days, I've started um, delivering happiness. Uh, it, 
I can't pronounce the guy's name. Uh, Tony Heiser. Tony Shea. Tony Shea. I was dead close. It is spelled with. Yeah. H S E I H. Yeah. Pronounce Shea. Yeah. Oh. oh, well. Um, so, yeah, he was the owner and CEO of Zappos um, before it was bought out by Amazon. Um, so it's his story about building company culture within Zappos um, because I've just finished the second part or second chapter of the book where he talks about the first big company he um, basically built up with his friend was called Link Exchange in the early days of the World Wide Web. And it was all about advertising on different sites by getting companies to sign up and they would create banner ads to land on sites so people could basically businesses could advertise to users on the internet through these sites. And the, one of the reasons he left and it was bought by Microsoft was because at the start of the day, he just didn't want to go into work because the culture was no longer there. So yeah, that kind of linked closely to what you're talking about, how uh, Walmart's the kind of the culture and philosophy of why the business first started has changed. And there's a very good link onto the book that I'm reading that you you lot will probably more want to read uh, the uh, delivery of happiness rather than just thirsty. <laughs> yeah, that's the book I'm reading. Uh, so yeah, finish chapter two and then I'm moving on. So hopefully finish that by midweek next week. Good. Well, hold you to that. Yeah, you should. Save, save the review for either one of our future book club meetings or another podcast episode. So um well, listen, we'll leave it there. Hopefully you found something uh, of value within the last 20 minutes or so, however long we've been uh, talking books. We'd love to hear about some books that you've been reading. We'd also love to hear uh, your thoughts on our new podcast. And uh, so please do not be shy. Reviews are welcomed. Obviously, positive ones would be welcome more so than... Uh, yeah, any bad reviews, we just throw in the bin and ignore uh so uh we would welcome positive reviews but any feedback is good feedback because i keep trying to convince myself every time i read bad feedback yeah tell us what you think remember to subscribe if you're not already subscribed we'll be back talking to you soon and uh, at this time obviously stay safe keep washing your hands and do all the other things that uh we're being told to do every single day by either the government or the news or whatever but uh Yeah, take care of yourselves and have a happy Easter.